The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community. Your host is Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. This hour is designed to inspire, inform, and to help you live better with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo. Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, an internet radio show that focuses on informing and inspiring people to live well with cancer. I'm Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. The Wellness Community and Gildas Club have united to become the Cancer Support Community, one of the largest providers of cancer support in the United States and around the world. Our services are, are offered at more than 100 locations worldwide and online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. Uh, across the country and, and around the world, people are gathering for National Cancer Survivors Day with the goal of showing that life after a cancer diagnosis can be meaningful and productive and inspiring. Our guests today have taken this message to heart and shared their gifts and talents in support of people with cancer and their loved ones. Uh, I'm very pleased to have with us today Mark Bowling. Uh, and a little later in the show, we will be joined by cancer survivor turned stand-up comic Noreen Labatt. Uh, Mark is a singer and songwriter who was born the youngest of nine children in the small town of Spencer, Indiana. Uh, from the time he began writing his songs at the age of four, he had a large, supportive, and loving audience in his family. Mark was raised on classic country and gospel music and draws his influences uh, from greats like Lyle Lovett, Hal Ketchum, and Don Williams. And as an independent touring and recording singer-songwriter, Mark has shared the stage with uh, Nashville stars like Charlie Pride. Phil Vassar, Eric Church, Ty England, and Colin Ray. Mark now makes his home in Arkansas City, Kansas, where he is busy working and raising his two young sons, uh, while his uh, older son will attend Edinburgh University in the fall to study animation. Mark is the creator of the Fly Again Project, an album of original music dedicated to those facing cancer. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Great to be Before here. we jump... Before we jump into our conversation with Mark, I want to give you a flavor for Mark's um, music. Let's take a, just a quick listen uh, to the title song from the album, uh, Fly Again. Think for one second broken wings could keep you down God would never leave an angel like you shattered on the ground I know you'll soon be on the mend One thing's for sure, you're gonna fly again You're gonna fly Way up high again 
that was really beautiful, Mark. Um, and I, I want uh, I want you to share your story with us. What what is uh, tell tell our listeners about the Fly Again project? What are the goals of the project, and how did this come about? Well, I think um, for me, ultimately, uh, the goal would be that people who need to hear Fly Again get to hear it. That you know, people would be inspired, and, and that they would uh, take take hope away from the song. And um, 75% of the proceeds from the sale of the song on iTunes and any other form that we can move it in, we're, we're working on getting um, things together for a, a hard copy CD. And 75% of the profits will go to help um, both the cancer support community and another organization um, called Victory in the Valley here in Wichita, Kansas, which is a, a group that helped my mom out uh, during when she had cancer. And... Uh, there's a girl named Amy Dake who is 26 years old, and she is um, a, a big part of the reason that uh, I finished the song, and so I wanted to uh, help her out with her financial needs as well. Wow, it's terrific, Mark. Really, um, really inspiring. And uh, the project Fly Again is um, is named after the song you wrote uh, by the same name. We had a chance to hear a clip from that song. Um, Tell us about that song in particular and what inspired you to write to write that song. Tell us about the, the lyrics and the inspiration. Well, I'd, I'd lost uh, my dad April 29th of 2010 uh, to cancer. And I lost mom. Uh, we lost mom in, in uh, it was January 13th of 2011. And um, something I knew about uh, mom's battle was considerably longer than, you know, my dad, we found out five weeks before he passed that, Mm. that he had cancer. Um, wow. With mom, uh, we had uh, about 21 months. And just she had great oncologists and everything, and what I, what I noticed was hope was really important in, in the fight against cancer. You know, that's something that you can't, um, you, you can't just uh, give up. You know, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's a big part of it is just trying. And, and um, so I started the song then, but I laid it aside for other things. And uh, on January 6th of this year, a friend of mine contacted me, asked me to pray for her daughter, Amy Dake. And she's uh, 26 years old. She's a mother of three beautiful children. And um, she asked me to pray for her because she had just found out that she had breast cancer. Mm. And uh, it was that day. And so I went to Amy's page, and I saw this beautiful family, and, and it, it broke my heart uh, to see, to know what they had to face and how how fear and all of this stuff would play into that. And just, uh, you know, having two young sons of my own right now, I, I couldn't imagine. It would be, I would be afraid for them. Uh, and that's, I, I, so I finished the song. I'd, it wasn't my intention to, at first, uh, do anything. I went ahead and, um, to do anything with the song. I, I just wanted to finish it to share it with Amy. And, um, uh, so I took, um, I booked some studio time and, and I didn't have the song finished, but on the 17th is, was the day that I had scheduled time in the studio of, of January. And, um, I tried to switch days with a friend of mine, but he called me on the 16th late at night and said, you know, I, I can't do it. I've got a dentist appointment. So I said, okay. So the next morning I got up and I thought, well, I need to finish this song. And it just so happened that Amy had posted um, that day about her uh, diagnosis and everything. Mm-hmm. She had, she shared everything that she had learned about her cancer 
And I thought to myself, there are things in this life you shouldn't have to learn. And, you know, and that's, that's kind of where it came from. That's where the second verse came from. Uh, was just thinking about how young she was and how she shouldn't have to know that stuff. Yeah. And um, so I was able to finish the song that day. We recorded that night. Um, it was, it, I, I remember sitting back um, at my desk that night after we'd recorded and, and uh, just very thankful for the song, um, knowing that it would help others. I, I sent it out to some people and, and, uh, I, I started getting calls from all over the country from people, friends would share it with friends, and I'd get calls saying, I'm listening to this during chemo, you know, and mm. it, it gives me hope, and mm. it helps me get through that. Mm. So it, it, inspiring work. Um, uh, we've got a couple minutes until our break here, but um, uh, and I know in talking about your music, sometimes you've said that the that the music just kind of falls out of your head, <laughs> uh, which I love because I think to so many people the idea of writing one song would seem so daunting or so uh, uh, overwhelming. But this is obviously a you know a, a natural born gift and talent that you have that you've developed and honed over time. So talk about that your process of writing. Are are, are the songs uh, really a response or a reaction to things that you see and and you know and feel and observe. Are you do they fall out of your head because you're somebody who just you know you're a musical guy or is there so much going on around you that that has become the channel for you to express yourself? Um, I, I think there's a little bit of both. I'm not a musical guy. I wish I was. I I, I play well enough at the guitar to to get by and write songs and and I have a great producer that that helps me out with uh, when we go in the studio. I mean I I can play all my songs. I write all my songs on the guitar and everything, but. Um, I see, um, I, I think a lot of it happened, it changed after I lost my parents. Um, and I realized how short life was, but I became really kind of sensitive to other people and, and their circumstances. And um, just like with Fly Again, there are a lot of people who are telling me, you know, this is what I want to say to this person in my life who has cancer. And uh, I want them to have hope. And, and so... Um, like the, the lyrics kind of come to me almost like a whisper. I think I, I feel like God gives me the songs. I don't feel like I do a lot of writing, honestly. It's almost a subconscious at at the very least. It's a subconscious thing. I because I, I can sit down and um, what I tell a lot of people, they I don't do a lot of cover songs. I do mostly original stuff, mm-hmm. and I can write a song faster than I can learn a song. Mm. And so it's, uh, but I do. There are different things that I draw from and, and experiences in my own life. I, I, um, I, I look back on different personalities and people I've met, and I try to tell their story. And uh, sometimes it's my own story. I mean, uh, there are songs that I've written uh, that are, are, you know, come from a deep emotional place. A lot of my, my more emotional songs come from a personal place. But yeah. uh, just yeah. watching, I remember walking through a store one day, and I, I saw this... Uh, lady kind of getting after her mother, uh, talking to her like a three-year-old, and this was mm. an older lady. Um, mm. And uh, I just know that my mom would have probably knocked me through a door and made me fix it <laughs> if I talked to her like that. So, yeah, so we just you and me that. both. But uh, out of that came a song called Old People, and a lot of people, mm. I've, I've had several people contact me and just mm. tell me that it brought them to tears because, wow. you know, it's, uh, yeah. but, but it's just, it, it varies, but but. Honestly, the songs, the words come to me. Yeah. 
just like a whisper. I, I really oh. can't take that much credit for writing. I, lo- I love that, Mark, and I love the language. And before we go to our uh, break here, we're going to listen to uh, a little bit of your uh, of your song, Wanting You. Uh, so uh, t- take a listen. And uh, after that, we're going to take a quick break, and, and we'll be right back. can't see why I love you well, By now I think you should know You tell me the cancer has taken your beauty The woman I met long ago Well girl I swear you must be crazy Don't you know my love is true Love is what it is And it does what it does Just like me standing here wanting you The wind is still blowing in Kansas The sun's peeking out through the clouds world it keeps turning like it's supposed to do just like me standing here wanting you just like me standing here wanting you Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. People living with breast cancer often find it difficult to ask for help, and many of the people in their lives want to help but don't know how. During National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Cancer Support Community is proud to support Meal Trains sponsored by Magnolia, which utilizes Mealtrain.com, a free shared online calendar to streamline the process of giving and receiving meals for families coping with breast cancer. Help us reach our goal of 1,000 new breast cancer-specific meal trains this October. To learn more, visit Mealtrain.com MMT and enter the code MAGNOLIAB or visit us at cancersupportcommunity.org. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. Your life, your health, your network. 
You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Today's episode is being brought to you in part by Celgene and Azai. I'm Kim Tibaldo, and today we're talking to two people who truly exemplify the goals of National Cancer Survivors Day and in sharing their gifts and talents. They're helping patients with cancer and their loved ones know that life after a cancer diagnosis can be meaningful and productive and inspiring. Uh, we're talking today with singer and songwriter Mark Bowling, and later in the show, we will be joined by cancer survivor turned stand-up comic Noreen Labatt. Um, Mark, I want to ask you, what has been the response to to Fly Again, the song, and, and really the project uh, as a whole? How is word getting out, and, and what are you hearing from folks about that? Well, um, I, I started sharing it on Facebook. I, I, I did a SoundCloud of Fly Again, and then at uh, flyagainsong.com, people um, have gone and listened. We've had about 2,200 hits on the website, and... Um, I've had several people leave comments about how the song affected them. There's a, uh, a woman who left a message last week um, who had lost their they had lost their 27 year old daughter to cancer, and uh, she she said it was a beautiful song. She loved it, and it really brought her comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, several people have told me that they're listening to it during you know their chemo treatments, and and uh, again they're people are sharing this with their family members who have cancer and also people sharing it, people who have cancer sharing it with their family members to give them hope because that is much a struggle, is as much a struggle as, you know, um, the battle itself, you know, as uh, being a, a caretaker and stuff that, you know, it, it can be scary for them. And um, I've had a, uh, a great many people leave comments. And then uh, there was another guy in Colorado lost his son to cancer last year he was 14 years old and um he did a video and asked permission to use the song for a video of it was you know the last sledding trip the last uh look at niagara falls and they that he he put together a beautiful video and a friend of mine sent me a message and said i never thought of this song in that context but it is absolutely perfect it's beautiful and so I'm, I'm very thankful that I've had so many people from all over the country contact me and, you know, talk about um, how they've been impacted positively. And I, I want it to, to grow, and I, I really do want people to hear it that need to hear it. Uh, but at the same time, if it were to stop right now, I would be satisfied in the fact that it helped some people. I would be very grateful for that. It's a great message, Mark. Um, I, I love the fact that you had sort of this one song, Fly Again. Now this project just has, has turned into an album. What really made you want to expand and, and take some of your other work and put it into an album? Well, honestly, it wasn't... Uh, when I wrote Fly Again, I had nothing else. Um, wanting You came along. After that, a, a friend of mine, I was having a conversation with her uh, on Facebook. I just I saw this picture. She was stunning. I don't see her very often. She lives about three hours away, and she's... Uh, married to a friend of mine, and um, uh, she was absolutely stunning. And, and I said, you know, you Blackwoods are just the best-looking fam- family going. And she replied with, uh, thank you, Mark, that was before cancer took my hair. 
and that bothered me that she felt um, less than beautiful. Uh, mm-hmm. And and I know that her husband would not see it that way, and her husband didn't see her that way. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote wanting you from that perspective. And so um, the um, knowing, you know, I. I, I wrote that song, and then I thought, well, you know, if one song is good, then two songs are better. So that became part of the Fly Again project. The third song I wrote was uh, a song called Find Your Fire, and um, that came from a place uh, completely different. So, uh, you know, it, it's about about getting up and fighting. You know, sometimes, you know, hope is a beautiful thing. But sometimes you can start feeling sorry for yourself, and quite honestly, that song came from for me, um, you know, waking up one morning and and just getting um, really frustrated because I had tweeted and sent messages to all these different people and celebrities and trying to get somebody to listen, and I was really frustrated and ready to give up, and then I realized I was just kind of being selfish, and that you know people who have cancer don't have the luxury. Of giving up, and um, so I, I got a little frustrated, and I wrote the song "Find Your Fire," and I, I was um, moved. Um, you know that that song. Uh, I sent it to a friend in in Florida. I send songs out before they're recorded professionally. I do it on my record on my iPhone and send them out. And a friend of mine sent back, "I am in tears, uh, not just a few tears, but shoulder shrugging, sobbing." Uh, this is a beautiful song. It's exactly what I needed to hear. And then Amy's mom sent me a message that said, "This is this is what I needed to hear. It's so hard being the mother, you know, and not being able to protect your daughter against something." Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I was very thankful uh, again that that people were able to to connect that. And Mark, uh, Mark, I want to um, you 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 referenced that song, "Running Time." I just want to, um, if it's okay with you, I just want to play a short clip from oh, "Running great. Time." For our uh, for our listeners, so this is uh, this is um, Mark's song "Running Time." Take a listen here. So, Mark, as you said, I mean that that you know that song obviously is 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 you know feels very very um, personal, um, and uh, you you know kind of talked about some of what what prompted you to write um, that piece, and and you know you've also said that hope is really the best thing to fight cancer when it when it when it you know when uh, when folks are facing a cancer diagnosis that hope is really uh, something that's just going to be critical to them in that journey. When it comes down to it, is that what this project is about for you? It's about about hope, about inspiration for those facing cancer. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. I want 
I want people to find hope because it's an ugly, it's a scary situation. You know, when you're when you're facing cancer and all of those challenges, it's absolutely scary. Um, and I, I want people to know, you know, that somebody's there for them, that they're not the only ones going through it. And when I when I put everything together, I had no intention of. Um, I mean, it was going to be the one song. Um, and I, I thought, honestly, when I started thinking of it as a project, as, as a as more than one song, I started thinking, well, that's kind of a challenge to write that many songs about cancer or uh, whatever. And, uh, you know, and people aren't going to want to listen to that. But it kind of took on a life of its own. I think people, you know, the more I hear, the more confirmation I get on the songs. Um mm-hmm. It is about hope for me and, and, and making sure that everybody gets to hear it and gets Mark, the message of hope. Yeah, uh, it, it really is a great message. It's such a, uh, I mean, the, the music is just so beautiful and so inspirational. Um, I just want to play a, a clip from your song for you as we, as we get to the break here, because I, I just, um, I want folks to really be able to get into this music and, and absorb it and, and hear the message in it. Um, take a listen, folks. Uh, this is for you. Jacket. For every puddle you cross, I will give you my compass. Whenever you feel lost, I'll reach out my hand. If you should need a hand to hold on to, Cause like I said before, there's nothing I won't do for you. It's true. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that I wouldn't do for you. Mark, we've only got uh, uh, just a couple of quick minutes until the break, but tell us about that song. Um, uh, tell us about that song for you, and tell us where folks can find um, more about, about you, about your music, and, and about the Fly Again Project. Okay, uh, well, the song for you came from, um, I was just honestly sitting playing my guitar one morning, and I started slapping the rhythm, uh, just a simple rhythm on my guitar. And those words, when I say words fall out of my mouth, that's exactly what happened. I started singing that song. And I had the first verse in the chorus. And uh, again, I, I sent that to a friend of mine who lives uh, not too far from me. And uh, a few days went by and I didn't hear anything. And then she sent me a uh, message that said, I am in tears listening to For You. She said, I have a good friend that uh, we just found out today that she has late-stage breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what I would want to say to her. So every time I write something like that, I get confirmation. Um, and I, again, this is just a song that tells, you know, gives people uh, a, a way to communicate to their friends or family or um, loved ones that they do care, and this is what I'm going to do for you. They can share it in a song. And so um, I'm, I'm happy, you know, uh, that, that things are coming together like they are. I have other songs I'm working on. And you can hear Fly Again at www.flyagainsong.com. And then I can be found on Facebook, either at Mark Bowling Music or uh, Mark B. Bowling on Facebook. And also um, markbowlingmusic.com is the other website. So 
they can find uh, the songs and other music uh, on there as well. Fantastic. And that was, um, again, flyagainsong.com. Uh, we're so grateful to you, Mark uh, Bowling, for joining us on the show today for taking this energy and passion and inspiration and, and putting it into this uh, project to reach and touch uh, cancer patients, survivors, families uh, all across the country. It, uh, it really is a great um, inspiration, and uh, I want to I thank you so much for joining us today. Well, I really appreciate you having me. Thanks again. Great. And just stay around, folks. We're going to have Noreen Labatt joining us, a, a, a cancer survivor and a stand-up comedian, to, uh, to share her story. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Magnolia Meals at Home, a new pilot program that aims to help patients by providing nourishing meals to households affected by breast cancer so loved ones can spend more quality time together. This program is currently available in and around two pilot cities, Andover, Massachusetts, and Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. Participants will receive one delivery of meals every month for up to six months when enrolled in the program. Each delivery includes up to seven meals designed to help meet the nutritional needs of people living with breast cancer and 10 meals for family members. This novel program is brought to you by the Azi Women's Oncology Program, Magnolia, Cancer Care, the Cancer Support Community, and Meals on Wheels Association of America. To find out if you or loved ones are eligible, visit online at www.magnoliamealsathome.com or call 617-733-5848. Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Community's Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the healthcare process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Cancer. It's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you at Breakaway from Cancer. Created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The cancer support community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Genentech and Morphotech. I'm Kim Tibaldo, and today we are talking to people who have shared their gifts and talents and insights in support of those with cancer and their loved ones. We are now joined by Noreen Labatt, who uh, turned her near-death experience into a life-affirming comedy act. Noreen was diagnosed with invasive lobular carcinoma after her very first mammogram at 40. In her one-woman show, uh, it's called 
thanks for the memories. Uh, she pokes good-natured fun at her medical team and at herself while sharing personal insights into her cancer journey. She's a happily married mother of two and joining us from New Hampshire. Hello, Noreen. Hello, Kim. How are you? I'm great, and I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you. So, Noreen, how does a patient with cancer suddenly find herself performing a stand-up routine in front of an audience? Well, a funny thing happened on the way to my mammogram, I guess. Um, <laughs> I just i had been diagnosed. I had an opportunity. Somebody sort of challenged me to speak at a survivorship brunch, and I said no. And then they approached me six months later and said, please do it. And I did, and I thought it would be a one-time deal. I thought I would just tell my story and my version of the story, at least. And... Um, it seemed to resonate, and so then I got asked, you know, to speak to other groups, and that's how I'm sort of where I am today. But are you a performer or a comedian prior to your diagnosis? I'm a little crazy, so that might help. <laughs> um, I, I, the only thing I can I was a dance teacher for 14 years, mm-hmm. so I understand elements of performance. But I wouldn't say, you know, it was never a quest to get up and decide to be a comedian, and I don't even know if I would describe myself as that. I just feel like I'm a storyteller, and mm. I just happen to be able to tell a good story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noreen, at a recent event, you talked about your son's selfies wearing your wig. You talk about your husband, your doctors. Your, you know, How do all these people in your life, your husband, your children, your doctors, feel about being sort of part of your storytelling, as you put it? Well, anybody connected to me understands that they will be taking a few bullets from me. But, you know, <laughs> I give as good as I get. So um, they, my, I have two teenagers, and I think they are quietly proud of me, but outwardly embarrassed that I'm willing to even say the word breast out loud, never mind talk about <laughs> breast cancer. My husband, uh, I've been with him for 21 years, and I have an entire photo album dedicated to with pictures of him holding his head in his hands because I've said or done something that he wasn't prepared for. So he's really had all this on-the-job training. Um, as to the medical professionals, I think they're all secretly thrilled because I don't mention anybody by name because I still would like quality care going on. So <laughs> I think that they are quietly amused. I do have one or two of my doctors who quietly send me messages to remind me that to make sure I let people know that I had good care, which of course I did. Uh, but I do find that everybody is a little, sometimes initially when I have my visit, they're, they're nervous about what they're going to say because they, of course, don't know how I'm going to internalize it and then perhaps use it against them later on. Well, you know, Noreen, I, I'm one of those people that when I go to a comedy club, I like to sit as far in the back as I can and keep my head down and never make contact, <laughs> <laughs> eye contact with the comedian. Um, do you find, are there different people approach you differently? Like some people you know, kind of don't say much because they're afraid it might end up in your next routine or, or are there the other, other people who kind of ham it up around you because they want what they say to end up in your routine? Do you have kind of different people who approach that differently? Yes, I probably have both sides of that. I have some uh, people that approach me and then they, when they say something and I give them a look, they are in a, a cold sweat because they now know that they just handed me a gem. I have other people that will sometimes tell me things, like to add, and 
Oh, I always laugh because they say it doesn't work like that. Like your perception of it isn't nearly as good as my perception. I said the whole point of it is it's just how you, the sentence that you say is how I translate it in my head. So, you know, yeah. it is, and yeah. people are very receptive. I have to say when I started to do this, um, I, I, my doctors did reach out to me. They all were very, very uh, inspired, and my oncologist says, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be you. Mm-hmm. And um, which really is the highest compliment, right? When your oncologist thinks that you're going to, that thinks that, okay, you can go on and tell this and you're all right, I can't ask for more than that. Yeah, it's pretty pretty good uh, pretty good sign for the future. Absolutely. Um, do you, you know we certainly at the cancer support community believe in the in the power of humor. I mean, look, one of our uh, you know our, our organizations was inspired by Gilda Radner, of mm-hmm. course, and uh, Gilda's Club, and um, and we do we do joke fests at our centers around the country, and we just were involved in a documentary project called Humor, Heart, and Hope. Um, but but from your perspective, is uh, w- was this part of any healing process for you, or how do you see sort of the healing process of of, uh, of humor in in what you've been through? I definitely, prior to the cancer, have always, humor has been my crutch. I certainly, it's, it's an easy, it's my go-to emotion, right? Some mm-hmm. people, you know, wail and gnash teeth, and I sort of poke fun at myself for this situation. I think it just adds levity when you are diagnosed with cancer. I tell people that you now have to speak cancer. Everybody speaks cancer to you, and you don't understand anything. And it's this very serious event that you're now involved in that you don't know how to how to get and i think after these sort of dark conversations you would have from time to time if i didn't have something funny or something silly to sort of reminisce about i think it would have almost been unbearable i think the humor took the heat out of it i guess mm-hmm. it didn't make mm-hmm. it any less serious you know what i mean but i mean i'm in the middle of a surgery and the or I'm getting ready for surgery, I should say. And the anesthesiologist is very serious, and I'm cracking jokes, and he's not, you know, sort of finding me funny. So I finally decide to stop telling jokes and or whatever it was I doing. And he leaves, but he smacks into the wall of my room as he's leaving, and then he like scurries out, like I didn't even notice that he walked chest first <laughs> into this wall. And, and of course, you know, I'm freaking out in my mind, and I look over at my husband, because I figure he'll be, you know, I'm just exaggerating, and he looks at me equally horrified. So we, ha- what can we do but laugh about that, right? Like I said, great, this is the guy who's in charge of me? Like, I'm in big trouble now. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, about, uh, tell us about how you're doing now, Noreen. How's your, how's your, uh, how's your health? My health is, I'm doing well. I'm still here, so I, I, I'm not going to complain. I, I'm nearing my fifth cancerversary, and I remember not too, you know, nearly five years ago that I thought five years was a long time to have cancer over my head. So, you know, I'm 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 glad to be here. I'm blessed that I sort of get to tell my story, and if it helps a few people along the way, which is really what I hope it does. I hope that I just let people know that you're not alone, that you, um, you, you can be resilient. I think that's what speaks to me the loudest is resiliency. Like, you know, you don't, get, you don't ask for cancer. Nobody says, hey, I'm bored. Hey, how about cancer? Yeah. But if it happens to you, 
I, I, I hope people know that you can get up from it. Even the darkest of it, you can get up and, and, and make the best of your situation. Yeah. I think that's uh, I think that's right, and you know we were just talking to Mark about how he his inspiration was through music, um, and how he really used that to express himself through music, and and you know you've got uh, you're sort of expressing yourself, um, you know through uh, you know through this uh, th- through through comedy, which I think is um, I think is amazing. Tell I'm going to play in a minute, Noreen. I want to play a clip from your uh, from your show. Thanks for the thanks for the memories. But uh, t- tell us uh, tell us about that show. How did that come together? Where are you performing? How can folks find out about that? Uh, and then we'll take a listen to the clip here. Um, I, I, I basically, when I, like I said, I was asked to do the survivor brunch. So I sat down for a couple months and I just sort of put together these stories and sort of how I wanted to, to segue one thing to another. Um, I thought it can't, I can't just be funny without being serious. I have to tell my, my journey, how I got there. You know what I mean? I, I think the serious adds to the funny. I, um, have had a, a lot of opportunities to perform. I mean, in little gatherings. I mean, I, I talked at a prostate support group, which was a lot of fun because I don't have a prostate. <laughs> but you know, you know, naughty bits are naughty bits, and if we're all willing to share and talk about them, it works out well. Um, I have a Facebook page called. Uh, I, I have a Facebook page under my name, Noreen Labat. I also have a Thanks for the Memories Facebook page, and I also have a website, NoreenLabat.com, and. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm having an opportunity. I'm actually speaking this coming weekend um, up in Lewiston, Maine, um, at the Patrick Dempsey Cancer Center, and, uh, you know, for the survivorship, because June is survivorship month. Right. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm having an opportunity. And I have to say, I get, I'm always surprised when after I speak at the number of people that want to talk to me, because I think. When you're a cancer patient or a cancer survivor, it is just nice to know that somebody felt or had or experienced the same thing that you did. You know, you somebody's think, in the trenches with you. Yeah, and do you think that that, because that, that, I've heard from almost everybody who's, who's uh, dealing with cancer, some unexpected or, or humorous aspect of, uh, of their journey, do you think that's something that does create a bond between patients and survivors and connects them on a level that, that others can't understand? Yes, Absolutely. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's um, you know, we certainly believe at the cancer support community, you know, that we have the word community, obviously, in our name. And so by, you know, connecting with one another, by coming together uh, and sharing uh, those um, experiences, it really does help folks. It empowers folks to give them the support and the, uh, you know, the connection um, uh, that they need and, and, and that they get through that sense of community so they don't feel so alone, so that they feel empowered, you know, and feel um, and connected to others. And certainly, as I said, humor is a, certainly a big part of our, uh, our magic uh, formula um, at, the, at the Cancer Support Community. I just want to play this, uh, just a, a, a clip uh, from uh, Noreen's show, uh, Thanks for the Memories. Take a listen. I actually turned to my husband and I said, you know, I'm, I'm getting new breasts. I'll be the envy of everyone in the nursing home. You know, my nipples now face forward and everything's up. My ovaries are gone. I said, you know, now I'm no longer for procreational use. I'm for recreational use. <laughs> of course, he'll tell you that the rec park is not always open, but that's a different, that's a different workshop. Noreen, it's great. It's, it's great. Uh, it's great. It's great stuff. And I just, uh, I, uh, I appreciate you um, uh, sharing uh, sharing your story. Um, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break here, but just Noreen, tell folks again where they can he- learn more about you and, and find your schedule. 
Oh, please uh, reach out to me. I have a Facebook page at Noreen Labat. Or you can find my Facebook page for Thanks for the Mammaries, and that's only with two M's um, on Facebook as well. Great. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Don't go away. We, we want to talk with uh, Noreen a little bit further uh, about uh, her work and her life. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Communities, Frankly Speaking About Cancer Series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the healthcare process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community a global network of education and hope. Cancer. It's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you at Breakaway from Cancer. Created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, and today's episode is being brought to you in part by Millennium and Amgen. And I'm Kim Tibaldo. With us today is Noreen LeBlatt, cancer survivor turned stand-up comic. Her show is called Thanks for the Memories. Um, Noreen, I want to ask you, um, what was your goal with the show when you first uh created it and is the show the same today has it evolved has it morphed uh, as you've been out there sort of sharing um my goal i I guess well initially was not to embarrass myself in front of 250 people eating free brunch because they had cancer (laughs) so that was my immediate goal um and not to throw up on the podium because people would have remembered that as well uh (laughs) and then going further i my thought was when you have cancer happen to you 
I think it's very hard. And during the course of it, people are kind to you in ways that are unimaginable. And people are helping you all along the way. And I think when that happens to you, you feel this need to pay it forward in some way. So I guess I look at my body of work in that if that's what I can do, if I can make somebody feel better about their journey and to let them know, like, you will be able to laugh about bits and pieces of it and you will get to the other side and you'll be okay with whatever surgeries you decide or treatment protocols you decide, like, you'll be okay then I've done a good job. If if nothing ever happens past, you know, this next year or so, then I will be happy with the body of work that I did. If uh, greater things happen to me because of this, then I'm open to that as well. Well, Noreen, we didn't get a chance to get too, uh, too much into your story, but I'll, but uh, in the interest of oversharing, um, I'll, I'll uh, let our folks know that you had a, a, a bilateral mastectomy. You've had your ovaries removed, you've had chemotherapy, radiation, uh, other anti-cancer uh, drug therapies, full reconstruction. Um, and in your performance, you take us into the operating room, the hospital room. You talk to us about conversations with your surgeon, with your husband. Uh, I mean, really, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot to share, a lot to um, divulge. And um, I'm just wondering through all that, you know, what is what what has given you the courage um, to laugh and you know in the in the face of all this and to share that laughter with others because I think it's really inspirational. I think that it's the I think I can make I I, I am an oversharer by nature, and I think I wanted to take the mystery out of it. I, I, I it's so daunting to have a conversation. And for people to talk to you about a mastectomy versus a lumpectomy, which, quite frankly, you've never even thought of until that very moment, right? I mean, if not, I didn't give it a minute's thought, because why would I ever think that those would be the kind of conversations that I would have? And I just felt like when I... I talk about it, I find that other people are like, oh, you, you know, you noticed that too, or you said that too, or didn't you think that was crazy? I mean, there's some crazy choices that you, one has to choose when you're doing all of this. I mean, and, and, and it's, it's daunting. I mean, to have your breasts removed and your ovaries removed. I mean, I'm probably one hormone shot away from being more masculine than my husband. I mean, I'm clinging <laughs> to a little bit of estrogen I have left. And I just thought that if I could, if I could let people know that, that you could talk about it and ask about it, and then you can make some informed decisions because the fact of the matter is, is that there are many women out there having to make those choices. Yeah. And at least yeah. know yeah. that, you know, you can, I mean, with reconstruction, people are, I, I think, are so surprised they say something. But quite frankly, I look like Malibu Barbie. I look better than before I started. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? And I wasn't looking to do any of it, but at least, you know what I mean? I came out of it and I wanted to tell people, like, don't be so scared of it. You'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, you mentioned that you're going to be the keynote speaker at the, at the, uh, up at the Patrick Dempsey Center for Cancer, Hope, and Healing. And Patrick's a friend of the cancer support community and uh, is very active with our uh, uh, Breakaway from Cancer project that we do with uh, Amgen and uh, our wonderful partners through, uh, through Breakaway. So our, our folks have been up to Maine to participate uh, uh, with Patrick in some activities there. So I think you'll, uh, I think you'll have a great, time, uh, a, a, a great time in Maine. Are there other shows uh, uh, coming up, Noreen? Are there uh, ways that folks can learn about how they can uh, see you, hear you, get connected to you? my Facebook page is a great way to, to reach out to me. Um, you know, sometimes people send me private messages. There's video clips. 
Um, and my, uh, also with my website, NoreenLabatt.com, that's a great way to see my schedule. I have a, a bunch of things coming up in the fall, and of course, in, you know, Boobtober is always a busy month for me. Um, uh, you know, I find that there's lots of stuff that goes, that goes on in October, and, and I like the opportunity to talk with other cancer survivors, to talk with civilians, people who haven't had cancer but are surrounded, you know, or have to deal with cancer. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I look forward to, you know, having people reach out to me. Do you, um, do you, Noreen, do you ever feel, you ever feel like you, you ever feel like you go too far in the humor sometimes? Ever feel like you cross the line or have, have any, any regrets about some of the sharing? Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm never, it's so funny because I, I sometimes when I get asked to speak, they're like, you know, to make sure that it, it's clean humor. And it's funny because I'm not Richard Pryor. Like, really, I spend the time sort of mocking myself and, and sort of how naive I am about things or how funny sometimes a sentence that a doctor says is, you know, uh, so they may say it a hundred times, but sometimes it comes across funny to the patient. Like, you're like, did they really just ask me that? Like, I, it's, I, I, once I got asked to take a pregnancy test, and I said, I have no ovaries. I said, so here's the thing. If I'm pregnant, I don't need you anymore because clearly there are better plans for me. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't think I do. I mean, I think I probably just say things that people are like, oh, you know, I mean, I, I do an entire a bit. It depends on the audience. But sometimes I talk about, you know, nipple reconstruction and talk about two words you didn't think you'd ever be putting together. And yeah. I think people are shocked. But, but it, you know, there's an entire population of women out there without nipples. I didn't know that till I had cancer. Now I do. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it's my mission to let other people know. <laughs> well, Noreen, I have to tell you, I, you talked about uh, them, uh, you know, asking you if you uh, if you might be pregnant or to take a pregnancy test. Um, I did a show recently on male breast cancer, and one of my guests said that he was asked the same thing that on a form that he had to fill out, he was asked if there was the possibility that he might be pregnant. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's absurd so, but funny nonetheless <laughs> so uh yeah absurd but funny nonetheless i thought you might uh might be able to weave that into your into your material but uh, he seemed to he seemed to have adjusted well to all of the uh female focus I'm sure. uh, you know on breast cancer even though there are a number of males who do get diagnosed every year uh, uh every year with breast cancer so just as we close here um noreen we've got a lot of listeners from all over the country uh you've obviously been through a lot through your cancer journey you've turned it into this wonderful uh, you know, wonderful uh, project, a new career for yourself. Um, any uh, any tips, any words of advice for those who are listening, folks maybe who've just been uh, diagnosed with cancer or who are sort of in the thick of the cancer uh, journey right now and, and with their fr- family and friends and really facing this. Any any thoughts, advice, or tips for folks as we uh, as we close here? Sure. I think that you should never be afraid to keep asking questions. Ask questions yeah. all the time. You know, I, I think you, you, you can't go wrong armed with enough information. And, and not to let the fear block, um, block that, that ability yeah. to do it. I think we get so nervous, and we shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, sometimes the answers are quite amusing. So, you know, it's a win-win for you one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's great advice. Um, I thank you, Noreen, for joining us on the show today. Thank Mark as well. Just a great conversation to honor National Cancer Survivors Day. And uh, you guys are certainly showing patients and their loved ones that uh, life after cancer can be uh, meaningful, productive, and, and uh, inspiring. Uh, I'm Kim Tebaldo from the Cancer Support Community. Visit us at www.cancersupportcommunity.org or call our helpline at 888 793 
800-800-9355. We have a host of services, uh, free services for patients and families. Uh, this is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Until next time, be well, do well, live well. Thank you for joining us for Frankly Speaking About Cancer with your host, Kim Tibaldo. We're here for you every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. In the meantime, stay connected online at cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. <music>